Welcome back everyone, this is Don Suave with another video. Last time we talked about peer pressure. This video, we're gonna talk about some things that, that hit home for a lot of people, including myself. So, before we start, make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment down below. If you want me to talk about something, or if you want to express something, put it in the comment section. Also, in the description, I will put my social media thing. So, if you want me to send me a DM or anything that you want to talk about, or you want to be said, or any, just if you have a conversation started, hey, just send me a message. It's cool. We can get it started. We can have a talk. We can read people if we want to. But this episode, I want to say this. We're gonna be a little serious. If it's gonna be uh touching, it's okay. It is. Because a lot of times, some certain things we don't like to talk about, we don't like to bring to the forefront. But in order to get freedom, in order to get, you know, the chains broken off, the strongholds, there's some things that you got to talk about that it got to be uprooted. It has to be. I mean, you want total freedom, right? So, like, dealing with things like depression, trauma, things that you you don't have, have an issue sometimes bringing out, it has to be brought out. If you want to be free, and I'm pretty sure ultimately you want to be free. If you don't, I mean, hey, that's, that's on you. But for me and the people I love, just for people in general, freedom. No more hold down by chains. So, in the words of LA Knight, let me talk to you. We're going to talk about abandonment. And rejection. Now, like I said, I know it's gonna be tough because those two are like twins. It seems like when you have abandonment, you have rejection. When we talk about rejection, we're talking about abandonment. We're twins in some aspects. So, abandonment is the act of leaving a person, thing, or place permanently, especially when it's not appropriate. Now rejection is to treat someone in a way that shows you do not feel affection for that person. For example, a child may feel rejected by their mother or vice versa. In the biblical aspects, when a person or a group of person excludes an individual and refuses to acknowledge or accept them. Another thing about rejection is something called social rejection. Now social rejection can increase anger anxiety, depression, jealousy, sadness. It can also reduce performance on difficult intellectual tasks and can attribute to aggression, post-impulse control. Rejection can also impact our well-being by damaging our mood and self-esteem. It can elicit swells of anger and aggression and destabilize our need to belong. And rejection can feel personal because people are wired for a connection. And connection is built through acceptance and belonging. So, like I said last week, with peer pressure, well, last few days, whatever, last time we talked, you get the point. Many people want to be loved. I mean, everybody want to be loved. If you want to be hated, you got some issues. And a lot of times, why you want to be hated, it usually comes from a place of hurt. You know, but ultimately you want to be loved. And I, like I said before, you want to be accepted. You know, at times where 
you feel like you'll do certain things to be accepted. You'll do certain things to be loved. I know a lot at times, like being in the game. You know, one thing about being in the game is one thing that you always tell me. I don't know what they do nowadays, but I know nine times out of ten, from growing up, from being around people who were in gangs, to just listening all talk, one thing they always said was, after you do what you got to do, we're family. That one word is what a lot of people want as a family. You want someone to love you for who you are. Love you for, even if you have different views on things or you may ask her with maybe like this side of the family you know maybe be, you know something like race car lovers something like that while you may don't love racing cars you may love plants or things of that nature so while this side over here is like in this part while you like okay i'm on that's all right but i love dealing with plants growing things the greenhouse nature things and you want to say, you know, I, I still love you. I still ride with you. It's the fact that our, our views and things, our interests may be just different. Sometimes that can lead to, no, I'm not talking to you no more. Not being around you no more. Don't invite you to parties. Don't invite you to social gatherings. And that can, that's a sign of rejection. It's like, what is so bad? Because just because we have different things that we can't come together and love each other. A prime example is like, I, I'm going to try to get too personal with it, but I'm going to give you just like a little slight thing. It's like, me changing my life to be better. Me changing my life to want to aim to be better, want to be more Christ-like. Now granted, the Bible just said, you know, you're going to be hated for his name's sake. I get that. It's until you in it, you start to say like, like, what did I do that was so bad? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was this way. I was a hothead. I was going down a road that could cause an early death in jail, or or doing. I was down the road doing a lot of stuff because once again, it was the, you know, doing things because people like me doing the kind of thing. So I feel like if they like me doing, it, I'm gonna keep on doing it. But I wanted to change because. I also was dealing with things like depression. I also dealing with things like anxiety. Dealing with things like so low self-esteem. So I would do that stuff to, to basically mask it. But when I say, you know what, no, I really want to be better. You know, I, I want to invite, I want to have accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to do that kind of things to be a better person. It was almost like I talked about your mother. It's like I almost spit in your face for certain people. The fact that they don't want to be around me, no, like, I'm not going, I'm not, one thing about me is this, I will tell you, and I will share with you, you know, my testimony, I will share with you the things that God's done for me, and I will share, but I would not be the type of person that will bombard you so that and beat you down, beat you down, because if you try to lead someone to Christ, beating them down is not the way they're going to do it. The Bible even said in uh, is it Corinthians said that you know the grace of these is love. It's the last verse in the love chapter. Love, you know, even Revelation said they're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. 
Love is the way to get to someone, especially if they never been shown love in their life. You know, this from, from from childhood up. You know, you show someone a type of love, like a genuine love, not a motive love, not a manipulating love. Because love can be love can have as an action verb for one. Number two, people can misuse love. People can mistreat love. Then you got some up here that will actually use love for what it's supposed to be. So, it's like going back to what I said. It's like you want that acceptance thing. You know, people people are gonna be people regardless. You know, you're not gonna have, you're not always gonna have the same person. I mean, it is what it is. I'm gonna get into that even later to let y'all know. You know, we talk talk about the scriptures and we even elaborate on rejection and abandonment. Now, going back to what I was saying before, you know, when you make a conscious decision, you would think that's good. Especially if you know someone. If you know someone, especially if you know they were, they was a hothead. You know, not me, but I know people that was on drugs, drunk a lot, smoke a lot, cussed a lot. Things of that nature that you was looking like, yeah, that person might be dead within a year. But when you see them change, and you start seeing them on the church some more, in the Bible more, put down a lot of the things they were putting down before, you would think, Man, okay, that's good, you know. But once again, some people might reject them. Like I said before, we all are not the same, and that's a good thing because you got to think about it. If everybody was the same, wouldn't it be kind of boring? Now I know you. It might be like you may have someone think like you at times, act like you at times. You may you have the same common interests and whatever, but. If everyone thought the same, everyone did this, it would be like, uh, that's kind of boring. Because, you know, when you, you meet someone that's different from you, it's a learning experience. You know, God made everyone, you know, it made a lot of people made difference. You know, I may have this type of interest, and you don't. You may have this type of interest, I don't. But we should be able to come together and be like, okay, let me, let, let me, like, okay, like America, for example. Let's say, your wife is into clothes or designs and stuff like that. And you're not. Well, let's say as a man, you're into sports. You know, she may not be into sports or she may not know nothing about sports, but she wants to sit in and see, ask you about sports. Okay? Like I say, she's into designs. She's into clothing, makeup. Okay? As a husband, you be like, okay, I don't know nothing about this. I really don't, you know, see the benefit, but because you're my wife and it's love and it's compromise, I want to see exactly what is it about. You have two different worlds coming together. That's why I said we're not the same as a good thing. Now, when it comes to abandonment, when we talked about rejection, I feel like, like I said, they're twins. But abandonment has some big, big issues. For example, number one, an anxiety that can occur when someone has a fear of losing loved ones. Number two, they can be triggered for depression, anxiety, mistrust. Number three, abandonment can interfere with relationships, careers, day-to-day -day life. Number four, it stems from a fear of loneliness, which can be a phobia or a form of anxiety. These issues can affect your relationships and often stem from a childhood loss.
Now let's be real. A lot of our issues come from childhood. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. It comes from childhood. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, like I said before, I grew up without my father then. Like he was going in the household, he'll surprisingly come here and there. But technically, I grew up without him. Now, me personally, I had guys in Nipper News that was older, that I would sit down with, listen to, let them talk, and I would get advice from them. Some advice were good, some were good, you know, but it was always that older wisdom thing. You know, basically take it with a grain of salt at times, but that salt that you take, make sure it's the salt that's good stuff. You know, a lot of times where even if your mother was there, but she won't there. You know, there's been people I heard that say like, yeah, my mother was there, but she would basically do her own thing. And I'd be left almost to raise myself. Or if I had siblings, I'd be left to raise them. So now you feel abandoned by your mother. Like, yeah, she was there. Yeah, she may put food on the table here and there, but she may have went out and did her own thing a lot of times. Or she may have been selfish at times and basically like, well, I'm doing me. I got mine. What you going to do? Abandonment can, can, can come from many, many, many things in life. And it usually starts in childhood. So a lot of times, what happens in your childhood is what makes you who the person you are to this day at times. Good or bad. You know, because sometimes you can have a childhood trauma that you can grow up to be better than you was. Maybe you like you, you were abused or something like that. Or you were, you know, some an issue that, you know, physical hurt, mental hurt, and when you get up, get older, if you have your family, you remember that hurt, you remember that abuse, you remember those type of things that somebody wasn't there, so when you get your family, you look at it as like, well, I'm not going to do that then. So once again, it turns to a good thing. It can turn to a bad thing. You abuse as a child, when you get older, you allow others to abuse you because you feel like I was abused as a child. That must be a way that I, I, that you should show love. So when someone abused you, that they, 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 I'm getting love. Like a lot of times, like domestic violence at times. You know, when a woman gets hit, you know, I, I have talked to a few women, and they all say how when they were younger, that's, that's what they saw. And their mama got abused, or they were abused. And the person who abused her will turn right back around and be like, well, I love you. So when they get older, they'll feel like that abuse is a form of love because they heard it as a child. So they will, it will shape their mind into where they are to this day. See, abandonment has a lot of stems, a lot. Isn't that one, isn't that one stem in that tree? That thing is deep, deep in, in roots and it springs up and that tree can be as big as ever to the fact that you don't, have a, you don't trust anybody, you don't believe anybody, you start thinking like you're not, you're not supposed to have the good stuff in life. You start to think like, you know, okay, so when is this about to end? Because you've been abandoned. You don't think that good things can happen to you. You know, honestly, when I grew up, we always, my friends and people I knew used to say this one slang, you know, you pray for the best, but you expect the worst. As crazy as it might sound to somebody, it was like the mindset to keep you safe. And that's what a lot of times abandonment does for a lot of people. It's like to keep it safe. I was abandoned as a child. I don't want to put my all into something that could eventually leave me 
because I would have been left before. That's being abandoned, being rejected. That's why they're twins. It's like, you know, you would think like, who's the, who's the big brother? But I mean, the abandoned rejects are twin. That's basically what they are. They're twins. So it's like, you can't have one without the other. It's like, if I say peanut butter, you go say jelly, ham, burger, Kool-Aid, sugar. Smokey told y'all that Friday. But that's why one of the biggest lies, the biggest lies, well, one of them, because there's a lot of them that we told in childhood, but one of the biggest lies I heard, and it took me to I grew up as a man to understand now, that's actually kind of a lie. Stacy Stokes may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's the one of the biggest lies ever. Because Stacy Stokes does hurt you. It's physical. You get punched, hit, knit, whatever. You get, you know, wipe it off, you know, get back uphill. But when it said words will never hurt me, they, I know they try to tell it to the kids, they know, hey, don't let words have power over you. No. But a lot of times, depending on how your life is going at home, Depending on how you're dealing with self-esteem, depending on how things are going on in your life, words will definitely hurt you. And words are powerful. This life that we're living in right now, this earth that we're, that we're in right now, was created by words. God said, let there be light. And it was. God said, let, and it was. God said, and it was. If you even think about uh, Proverbs uh, 18.21, death and life is the power of the tongue. If you think about uh, things in, in uh, uh, talk about the tongue being hard to tame, it can bring blessing or curse. That's it's not just talking about the muscle tongue, like uh, my my tongue. It's literally talking about your words. Words can bless you or curse you. You could be told at three years old that you will never amount to nothing, and you be twenty five years old and still think about what was told to you at three years old. Some people, even in their 40s and 50s and 60s, I mean, yeah, it ain't have a number. I mean, it's just a number. It's, that's what it's age is a number. Something can be told to them when they're five years old, six years old, 10 years old, who knows? And, and 20, 30 years later, they can have success. They can have a family. They can have money. They can have, you know, things in their life. But sometimes in the back of their mind, when let's say a problem arises, a situation arises, they can go back to what they heard when they were seven years old, eight years old, when somebody said something to them, and it brings them right back into that mode. This is what abandonment rejection can do with your words. One of the worst things that makes me so sad is when a parent, is when a parent. Who has the blessing to have a child? Who has a blessing from God to say that basically like another you has came out, uh, came out into this world, and you said, "I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want, I want the responsibility." That is one of the most. I really sometimes feel like I want to punch somebody in their face. Uh, excuse me, if that's really harsh, but you understand this is so serious to me because not just me, but I know a lot of people. Waited till they got kids at a later age, or some haven't had a kid just yet and they want to. While you got people over here who's popping babies left and right, getting kids left and right, and turn around and say, Well, I don't want to be in that life. Or turn around and say, You know, uh, I don't sure I don't know about that. 
or action-wise, just don't want to be there. Let me tell you something, man. And this is me personally. Like, you can say it in the comments. And, hey, I want to have a discussion about this. I used to think that if you, let's say you knew you had a child. I used to think that, you know, a parent could keep a child away from you. And you just basically got to just take it, take it on the chin. I had an old, I had a friend. I, mean, I, I still love him to this day. Uh, he's, I, that's not going to go. I still love him. And if you see the video, he know who he is. He had a child. And the baby mama did everything to basically keep him away from his child. She tried to do every, a lot of, uh, I mean, he, she tried to do a lot of things for him not even seeing her. I said, I'm not going to give her names. Like, he know who he is. Because I even told her straight up, he needs to write a book on what he did. This man went through the fiery everything to get his child. Even down to like, they would have these little checks and they'll come at people's houses and a person would come and check that and make sure it's childproof. I remember being at his house and asking him like, yo, what the world is this plastic on, the on your corner of your table? Like, what are you doing? Is this new? Oh, no, 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 this ain't new, man. No, this is not new, but, but uh, you know, my child, my, my child come around, you know, when people come around, they want to see that it's proof that, you know, if she was a bumper head, this, this thing would save her. That was kind of new. That's, 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 that's nice. He had plugs inside the outlet, you know, because kids might like, get a little curious, take a little fucking boom. That's how you know they, they lower rate in the Mortal Kombat. But he put a plug in there so that won't happen. He made his house so childproof that I felt like I was going to be a child. At the end of the day, everything that that woman tried to do to, to tarnish his name as a father, tarnish his name, he turned around and got his child with him. Basically, he's a full-time dad. And, you know, that's all I'm going to say about the situation. But, you know, I, I used to be like, you know, if he could do this, and he had a woman that was trying to do everything to go against her, why can't a other people do the same thing. You know, I couldn't fathom myself having a child in this world and the woman had a child was keeping my child from me and I knew about it. Best believe, Joe Biden won't be able to stop me to see my child. None of the military better You will literally see a different person coming because if I have a child out there and I knew about it, now I'm coming to see my child. Ain't no way you gonna say, "Oh, you can't see a child today." Uh, who said? Who, who's that? Who said? I'm seeing my child. I'm seeing my baby. You know what I'm saying? We could talk about the time and days. Cause I know you, you're a mother. You can, you can, you can see your baby as well. But that's that's my baby. You know, that's my baby. I wanna see my baby. I wanna take care of my baby. Whatever it needs to be, I wanna be there. And I wanna, I wanna have her or him throughout the time. And you ain't stopping me. No, our relationship may not be good. But our relationship was done. That's my relationship. And that's my relationship 24 7, 365 days, 366 on leap year, 24, 25 8. That's my baby. So, and it, so it, it was, it's just weird to see what, uh, you know, you reject that child. Now, now I'm just talking about if the child is yours. You know, I understand, you know, you got the, that, not be, that might not be your child. You know, that's just, I'm just talking. 
let's, let's keep on. I'm talking about the ones that you know, you know, you know. That's your baby. You know, I mean, the baby is spit images like you just spit and all say grew it and it became you. That's what I mean. And for a person, for a parent to not want to be in that person's life, you know. And, and, and like I said, I I can take this story into a different way. I can take it to like maybe the parents are the best ways they want their child around. You know, it's a lot to, but I'm just talking about the ones that you have opportunity. A child could change your life for the better, honestly. Because I remember, I remember an old coworker. He told me the day he got his son. Now he was in the streets. Now, wow, now I understand. You gonna be right to probably listen to the story like, well, trust me, he, he did change eventually. But he said he was in the streets. He was a, he was a he was a dope boy. He had a son. He told me it made him go harder in the streets because he wanted his son to be as fly or more flyer than him. And he said he would have his son if he could every single day because while he's in the streets, he knows. It's a timetable on this stuff. You can get killed in these streets. You can go to jail in the streets. So when he had a son, it made him work harder to build money up, build money up at the same time. It made him to the fact that he made sure that the, 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 the child's mother didn't work, didn't have work for nothing. He's a he showed me pictures how he was like, man, right here, I was in the streets right here. I was hard body in these streets. When we see my son, I had my son, I used to have him every day. His mother, she would go to work and I would still pay her. Like I'm paying her a paycheck on top of a paycheck because if I was in the streets doing something and she had my son, best believe I'm gonna take care of her and my son. And they weren't even in a relationship together. But then, like I said, eventually he did get out. He became a a contract worker, but he still was on some. I'm still gonna take care of my son. I gotta do better for my son. He said even though he's in the streets, he knew he had to get out because he wanted to be in his son's life. He did whatever he could to be in his son's life. I told that dude, bro, I respect you more than you ever know. Because yes, even though you were in the streets, yes, you was you was you had your crew, you did also, but you said you wanted to get out to be in your son your son's life. So you know, before he became a, a shipyard worker, he was a club promoter, he was a mechanic, then he became into the shipyard. Where, you know, I don't know if he's at, you know, I pray that he's alive. I honestly I pray one day I could talk to him again. That, that was my that was my road dog. In days I was at the uh, I was a contractor, you know. But when he told me that man, I said, bro, you got my respect. And that's how I felt you should be. Like, a child should change you for the better. Because there's no more you, it is that child. I don't care if I may have dropped uh, trust bummy. As long as my child is doing good. I'm not going to abandon my child. I'm not going to reject my child. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what the circumstance is. I'm not going to reject my child. I'm not going to abandon my child. You know, one thing, I, I he's to tell me this too, and I'm going to go to what the scriptures. One thing he's to tell me, he said, I refuse to let my son Call another man dad. And I used to ask him, like, I mean, but you and the girl not together, so why didn't they get she get find a husband, get married? He said, the most he can do 
It's called SD, which is stepdad. Or call him Mr. Whatever. He said, but daddy, dad, father, any of that? That's my title. Or when he said something like that, I was like, and that's how I supposed to be. I, you know, I can't. I know they all say you can call yourself stepdad because the dad is you stepping up for, for the dad's role. I could. I, I don't know how dudes can do. I can't see that. Even if I can't see that, I, I couldn't. No, 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 no. I'm father. No, I'm dad. You're your stepdad. Oh, you're Mr. Water. But I always like to end with this when we talk. At the end with scriptures. So you need to show you just how much God honors, values, love you in a time that you may be going through some things. So we're going to start with rejection. Now this is a, now this comes from Psalms 68.5. It states, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Like I said before, I'm not the only one. And there's a plenty of a lot of people in this world who probably grew up well. Parents were. Let's just like let's just stick to a father. See, especially from a boy standpoint, a man standpoint, a male. Like I said before, peer pressure. A father can only raise a son. A mother can do a great job. And we're not taking away from mothers. There are mothers that raise the single mothers. Like my, <clears throat> excuse me. Like my friend said on, on Xbox, he said he gave, he gives so much respect to single mothers. Because when his wife goes, he has to take care of his two babies. He said the fact that he, they, that he's there, when she, when she comes from work, comes from wherever, they're both there. Well, at times he had to do it by himself for hours at a time period. He said, I give him single much respect. I told Shredder, you have no idea. Especially when it comes to boys. You have absolutely no idea. And a father is stability too. A father there, like a father in the household is the role that a mother can do, but it's like a it's like a mallet, a hammer when a father does. A mother can't protect. Yes, she can protect. A mother can love. Yes, she can love. A mother can guide. She can do all the things. But a father, you know what I'm saying, is that is that soldier protection. It is that, you know, that providing the, the guy, especially if they've been in they had a life and they, they guided you to the ways of the ways of, of God, to the ways of not doing what they did. They was in the streets. You know, a, a second he more to a father because it's it's like a male bonding thing. So you know, God's basically saying he's a father to the father. So even though you don't feel like you ain't growing a father, God said, I'm always there. I'm always gonna be there for you. No matter what. I, I'm there to be, you know, even though, even though your natural parent they won't there or left you, your heavenly parent will always be there for you. Which leads me to the next scripture. Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. You're never alone. I know at times you may feel like you're alone. 
I know attachment feel like, you know, who is there for me? Who love me? You know, so this person wasn't there, that person wasn't there. You know, where I go, you know, I'm going there alone. You are never alone. God said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He said, wherever you go, I'm there. I'm there for you. I'm, I'm there with you. You have the confidence to do things. Just because someone, you know, this person, that person left you, I'm always there. I'm closer to you than a brother. I'm always there for you. You're never alone. When you cry at night, I hear your cries. When you yell at night, I hear your yells. I have a listening ear to you. That's what God's telling you. It said the Lord himself, himself goes before you. And he will be with you. He said, he will, I'm coming with you. I'll be there with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you by the highway or the byways and just take off. No. Everywhere you step, even when you can't walk, I'm holding you and walking for you. Even when you sometimes you can't see, I'll help you see. I, he said, I, I will be there. Every If you allow me, every aspect of your life, I will be there for you. He's not abandoned or rejecting you. Next one. Psalm 91.4. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. You know, at times where you feel like you're in that midnight hour, once again, that's a scripture showing that he's not rejecting or abandoning you. He's wrapped around you. It's like you, you got you need a shoulder to cry on, a real shoulder to cry on. Not ones out here that will you cry on just to get you to do something for them or you know whatever happens. God is saying He wraps His arms around you, massive arms. I mean, He can hold, He can hold your pain, He can hold your fear, He can hold the things. That's why He says to give it all to Him, to be vulnerable with Him. He said He can hold it. His burden, His light, and His yoke is easy. He told you, come to him, y'all weary, and he will give you rest. His massive arms. He don't. He, he's not. He's not. He's not. You know. He's not scrawny. He's strong. He's a strong tower. He's a protector. He said he will, He's protecting you. You can. He's, he's covering you. He covers your shame. He covers himself. He's holding you. He's wrapping the arms around you. That's what a father does. You know what a, what a, a loving parent does when things are going on in your life and you need your parent, you need your mother, you need your father to be there for you. You need your parent to love on you. It would, even if you could be 30 some years old, 20 some years old, 40 years old, and your parents still alive and they were in your life, they, and they, just one good hug from them, one good I love you from them, one good thing, something like that, and you'll feel like you're good because that's what a real parent does. They're not abandoning you. They're not rejecting you. They say, I love you. And I'll be there for you. Tell me your hurts. Tell me your pains. I'll, I'll do my best to protect you. But God will do that plus more. That's, that's, that's. I tell you right there. You got nothing to worry about. He's there to, he's there to love you. First Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God. He cares about you. If you just don't ever, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't be vulnerable with God. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't keep it real with God. Don't let nobody tell you that. Because that's a lie. God wants you to. It says to give 
all your worries and cares to God. Not just a little, not just some, all. Even the littlest things you may think is so little, give it to God. Things that's big, give it to God. Things in the middle, give it to God. Everything, all your worries and cares to Him. He cares about you. He wants to hear it. Yes, don't get me wrong. God knows. He does know. But He wants you to say it. He wants you to share it. Because He wants to give you freedom. He knows, yeah, yeah, I can take, but I want you to call it out as well. I want you to say what's, 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 what's bothering you. I want you to say what's, what's, what's giving you anxiety, what's hurting you. I want you to say it and then bring it to me and give it to me and see what I, and see what I can do for you because I care about you. I'm not just going here and say, oh, okay, that's, that's nice. On to the next one. No. You don't, know, you don't know how much God loves you. You don't know how much he cares for you. You may you we read it in the Bible, but it's still some untouched love that He loves for you. It, that's why the Bible says His love is un, unconditional, unfathomed. You can't even imagine how much our heavenly Father loves us. We may get love from our parents, our spouses, our siblings, best friends, whatever. It doesn't hold a candle to how much the, the Father of Lights. Our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ loves you. Don't ever let this word tell you you can't go to the Father for everything, that you can't ask the Father, question the Father. You can, if you're willing to do that to your to natural people, how much do you think God wants you to do that? He wants you to be so vulnerable with Him that you that you would never thought you ever reached that level of vulnerability. Now, last scripture is this Psalms 139. 13 through 14, and it says, For you form my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will give thanks and praise to you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows this very well. It's because somebody abandoned you or rejected you. Don't think yourself lower than the Lord in the mouth. Lord is scum. I did that. I know how that feels. I know exactly how that how it feels and when the words I would, I would say it about myself. Because I felt it. I felt rejected. I felt abandoned. Not just from from you know from my father. I mean there was that time I was in my house with my mother too, with me and my mother and my brother. There's a lot of stuff that happened in that household that I feel like, well dang, you know, I am right here. Did I get some? There's a lot of things that she was that she told me. That I was like, you know, wow, like, that's how you, that's how, that's what we going, that's what we doing, all right, you know what I'm saying? But I had to realize that, that the Lord said, I made you, I knit you together. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I took my time with you, and I, I'm using you. I'm going, to, if you allow me, I'm going to use you for something greater. Now you can just just imagine, just imagine it here. A God who created the heavens and the earth. A God who created the trees, the animals, the, the rivers, earth. A God who split the Red Sea. A God who saved the three Jewish boys. A God who took on a form of a, of a, got a form of a man body, came through a virgin, was born, taught, died on a cross, uh, 
resurrected in three days and seated in the right hand right now. I'm a all that I just said. This place a whole lot more. I, that was just a that's just a fingertip. A whole lot more. But he says, "I made you. I must use you for my glory, not our glory, but for His glory." Just think about it, man. Think about the stuff in your life where you be like, "Why use me? I can't talk that well." Moses said the same thing. I mean. I can't. I mean, I have a, I have a, I have anger issues. Peter did too. I mean, I may not have killed people, but I, I denounced you a whole lot. All did too. Paul, remember, he was Saul at first. He was killing Christians left and right until he had his road to Damascus, and you know, Christ. He saw Christ on the road. He asked Paul, "Why are you killing me?" You know, then he got blind. Then uh, one of the disciples gave him sight. He became Paul. Wrote a third of the Bible. All the letters and other things he did. Paul did too. You know, I, 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 I talk a lot. John the Baptist is a loud mouth. And Christ said he's one of the greatest teachers. So even though you have a lot of things in your life, a lot of things that in your mind, a lot of things that you may have went through or, or issues, whatever, Christ can still use you. And that's, that's uh, it's unexplainable how, how much insurance, encouragement that is because out of everybody in the world, you may not have finished school, you may got a GED, you may have been at times acting like cuckoo-cuckoo-choo, but he still says, I will still use you for his glory. And that right there, to show you, to wrap everything up, that God, a Heavenly Father, has never and will never abandon you or reject you. He will accept you, but it's your job to accept Him in His ways. It's your job to make that decision. Because God is a perfect gentleman. I want you to understand, He's a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force Himself on you. But He is giving you a a choice. Some of y'all watch the Matrix, right? The red pill and the blue pill. Well, what pill are you gonna choose? You choose death, choose life. You know, when you choose life, you may go through a whole lot. It is what it is. You're gonna go through some things. But when you choose life, you're never gonna be alone when you go through it. And he always gonna have a way out for you. He always gonna be there for you. Instead of choosing the other side, when you go to go through something, but you go, but you'll do it on your own. Now it may work for a time. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. And it doesn't mean it's gonna work well. This one is the truth, and it will work forever. Once again, my name is Don Suave. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment down below. And this was the podcast for abandon and rejection. See y'all later. Peace.